Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week on the podcast. This week's conversation is about the flip side of a personal brand business. Building a business from your personal brand is the strategy of choice for many entrepreneurs and can be a wildly successful one. And my guest on the show today goes there. Sarah Akwasambi is the Sunday Times bestseller of The Money Is Coming and a UK entrepreneur who built an incredibly successful and profitable online business offering business training. In 2021, the wheels came off every area of her life and business when she was in effect, cancelled. What ensued was a period of intense pain and then healing. On the other side of the fire, Sarah reflects with me on her career to date, the experience of almost losing everything and her life, business and family now. This was a profoundly touching and moving interview and I am so deeply grateful to Sarah for sharing such rawness with with my listeners. Let's bring on my conversation with Sarah Akwasambi. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is our first international guest on this particular show. So I'm very excited for um, having you. I'm I'm hoping I look alive at 5 a.m. this morning. It was very weird doing a full face makeup at 4.30 this morning. No, I always find it weird when I do these things and I'm like, I don't wear makeup the whole day. And then I put it on at like 8 p.m. to do like a podcast. Yes, yeah. and like, then take what? it off an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even getting value from the makeup. So as I mentioned to you, just as we started recording, I've been following you for a few years now on Instagram. One of my Irish mates here in Australia got me onto you and just love, I know you describe yourself as a no bullshit influencer. I just love how, how you call things and yeah. particularly kind of following you, focusing on your second business in recent years and so on. So I'm really, really excited. I think you're very on vibe for Bold Darling. So yeah, excited excited to have this conversation with you. Good. Have you been Thank to Australia? You. I haven't. Nice. I think you'd, I think you'd love it. Yeah. I, Ma- I, Melbourne I, is very your vibe, I think. I see lots of uh, like Australian TV shows and my husband is very into like Australian architecture. He's always, ah. showing, he's always showing me YouTube videos of like, this cool houses in Australia. So I think he'd like to go as well. Yeah, nice one. I hopefully we'll see you at some point. Yeah. So can I ask you, so for those of those listeners who haven't kind of come across you yet, can you give us a bit of background to your life before you started into the whole business journey that you've been on? Yeah, I guess like um I guess you just I'm kind of a creative really, but I've sort of ended up being a creative who goes in and out of kind of business and like commercial stuff as well. But I started out in music and producing music and then making my own music. Um, And then I kind of went into interior design from there. And then I kind of went into uh, tech startups and like startup kind of land and then the whole online thing and online courses. And yeah, so I mean, I sort of go all over the place. I I like doing lots of different things. (laughs) Um, I think Marie yeah, Forley describes as being multi-passionate. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you talked yeah. about your vision book. Can you just explain what that is? Because I feel like that was almost like the basis for yeah, the whole business journey like, if you on. Hang on. Do you know what? I might even have it around. Really? Yeah, it's literally here. I mean, it's, it doesn't look like much from the outside, but it's kind of... Um, It's literally like a scrapbook that I've had throughout all the years. And it's just got like loads of pictures and then like things I've written in it and like goals throughout the years. So, I mean, it starts in, when did it, 2011. So. 
11 years you've been doing over it 10 years old yeah yeah so I've had this for over 10 years so I just like add to it here and now I haven't added to it for a long time actually I should do it but yeah it's just essentially like goals and like things that I sort of aspired to over the years and then like different things that have happened and yeah so is it kind of a vi- is it a vision board meets a journal is it like a bit of both yeah, it's kind of like that. I don't write in it often enough for it to be a journal. I'd say it's like it's like a vision board, but like without, I think sometimes I feel a bit stressed by vision boards because it's like, you know, you might do it at the start of the year or something and then it's like everything on a board. Whereas I like to kind of like anything I see and like, I just kind of put it in there. So, I mean, there's there's all random stuff in here. There's like clothes like houses just it's just a collection of stuff I like basically but it's interesting when I look back over the years and I'm like oh I ended up going to that place or oh Mm. that's like you know I ended up getting a car like that or but it's just kind of a collection of stuff I like and like whenever I go through like little periods in life and I kind of write about I don't know like things that I've learned or what I want to do or but yeah, I've I've not been great over the last couple of years because so much has like happened and I feel mm. like my mindset and stuff has like changed so much. But I should probably go back into it and add to it. Yeah, it's nice. I love I love the idea. Because the thing with vision boards is I do one at the start of every year, but mm. then you kind of chuck them out at the end of the year and then you start a new one. So I love the idea of keeping yeah. it on like as a running diary. Do you find yeah. if you look back at stuff that you put in there, say 2011, 2012, do you still want those things? I don't know. Should we have a look? Yeah, I'm just wondering <laughs> if, if it stands the test of time, you know, because we I changed think, so I much in that maybe, time. I think some of it I probably do, but I think a lot of it has either happened or just like evolved in a different way or yes, yeah. know, like those things aren't relevant anymore. But I mean, there's also lots of things like, you know, when I talk about just like how much money I wanted to make at the time or like how I would get to certain things. I mean, like... Yeah, there's things in, like, in 2012, I said I've started a successful podcast, and obviously I did that. Um, And then, yeah, so, like, I mean, I would say probably just over time generally, like, a lot of my goals and aspirations have, like, really changed, and especially, like, since lockdown. I think most people went through a bit of, like, a life Mm. kind of, like, change after that time, and I just feel like, yeah, I'm probably, like, a very different person. Yeah, I think we all are. How long were you guys yeah. actually locked down for? Oh, don't ask me. I can't remember. It just seemed like it's a blur, forever. isn't it? Now? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, it'd be like three months, then a break, then a bit more, then a break, yes. then a sort of like half lockdown because you're in different tiers and like, oh, it's just like, God knows. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I think we did about three months in four months in 2020. And then Sydney was in like hard lockdown for four months in 2021. Because I couldn't believe it. My my sister has a two-year-old and she had a lockdown baby and he's two. And then I had a lockdown baby and he's 15 months. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the period it traversed. It's crazy. So you're first, so I I know you're very, very multi-passionate. I'm trying to kind of get get a vision of of, of the different things that you've done. Was Noble Business School your first actual business beyond the interior Mm -hmm. design blog? No, because I'd, I mean, I'd started all these like odds and sods things. I'd say it was the first one that like really made good money and like I could live on it. So in that sense, yeah. But I mean, I'd had a business before that with a friend where we did like, we had a bunch of makeup artists that worked for us. So it was a bit of like an agency. And then we also, what else did I do? I'd, um, I'd had like almost like a sort of interior design slash styling business um that was but it was never like set up like a company it was just more like me doing it freelance and then what else had I done oh I had a record label like when I was doing music this is but so I mean, good they weren't, like, they weren't yeah they weren't like where I was earning enough to live on by any means it was they more of a side hustle like, yeah like trying out ideas and sort of doing other jobs at the same time yeah so what was different about Noble Business School? Why do you feel like that was the one that seemed to stick and that you could actually realise an income from it? Because I think just it was just really good timing. Like I think I've always paid attention to like kind of what things are happening in terms of business and what like where people are making money or what the like new things are. And 
online courses and like education was really big in the States, but like in the UK, like no one was really doing it. And I loved talking about business and entrepreneurship because I've done it in all these sort of various different ways. And I kind of, yeah, just thought, well, I might as well start, you know, like I'll try out that, I'll try out like condensing it into a course or like, and I've done like teaching, not uh, like officially being a teacher, but I've done a lot of teaching because when I was doing music, I used to teach kids in gangs, like how to make music. And so I I knew, like, I know I can teach. I know I can make stuff interesting. I know how to keep people's attention. Like if I can keep the attention of like, an 18 year old who's in a gang like I know I can talk to like <laughs> Sarah who's 30 and wants to start a business so, like, so good so, yeah I, I was just kind of like oh well I'll try that then I'll see if that works but yeah timing I think and then also just that kind of movement of women talking more about business and being more open to entrepreneurship and kind of like the whole girl boss era like yeah just mm. great timing basically yeah and what year was that when did you actually start noble business school um I started it at the end of 2015 yeah okay <clears throat> it sounds like my first business I started um the first talent agency for social influencers in Australia and did oh I was looking at the UK US what was happening over in, in both countries and there was just this beautiful rising wave that I got to just jump in on at the perfect time and caught that wave it was gold yeah I think like business is a lot about timing Mm. it's always about timing and I think I always just I'm quite observant so I kind of like always notice like oh these are interesting trends or like this is a problem that people are throwing money at or this is you know people in this country aren't doing this yet Mm. um but yeah whether you can then execute on those ideas is like a different thing right yeah, 100% if you're <coughs> implementing or not. And then the book. So the book you wrote was The Money is Coming, which is all about manifesting money and changing your money mindset. Did you start that journey into money manifesting when you started Noble Business School? Uh, or No, before that, I'd say, because I remember reading lots of stuff about manifesting and what, you know, like the secret and and. Uh, millionaire mindset and all these kinds of things like when I was pregnant with my first daughter and she's nearly 10 so um so yeah I've kind of been into it like here and there and like dipped in and out of stuff anyway so yeah I've been into it for like a long time I mean you know this book what that's 2011 and Mm. I was already doing that so yeah so it's probably probably about 2010 maybe yeah and yeah. just so to catch people up, so you realized that you had some blocks around money that you weren't mm. attracting and holding on to the level of money that you wanted to hold on to. And you worked with a money mindset coach specifically on shifting that. What's the biggest yeah. pattern or challenge that you realized you were holding on to when it came to money and blocking that that success on, on a financial front? Um, probably... I just, oh, I don't know, it's so many things all in one, but like, I think I just couldn't get into the headspace of like someone who was going to be able to earn that kind of money. And so, you know, things like I'd never, if someone invited me even to like a really nice restaurant or a hotel or something like that, I would like literally be like, I can't go there. Like, I don't have the right clothes. I don't fit in. They're going to know I'm a fraud. Like, all these stuff. Even though I didn't sort of know I was doing that at the time, but I would just always try and be like, oh, no, I don't want to go there. Oh, it's Mm. full of, like, posh people. It was like I'd almost had this aversion to it. And, like, I didn't, you know, I was like, why would anyone buy designer clothes? Like, why would anyone do these things? Like, just almost, like, quite a judgy, like, mindset. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, like, over time, I was like, well, it's obviously because like it feels intimidating and it feels like I'm not someone who can be there so yeah I think just addressing that and starting to feel like you can go to like a nice restaurant or you can you know be in these places like you're not going to be looked down on or you're not going to be judged or and it's all just mental anyway isn't it Mm. so what Mm. changed about your actual behavior in your business when you when you realized that these were the blocks that you were having well, we're almost think, like the practical, because I know obviously everything starts at our yeah. mindset and shifting that on an external, you know, from an external perspective. What did you start to actively do differently day to day then to start bringing in the level of money that you wanted to bring in? 
I think I started, well, I mean, you don't just do a big jump, obviously. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm making 500 pounds a month and now I'm going to make 10,000. But it was just like, pushing those limits like bit by bit so being like okay if I'm making a thousand pounds a month like can I mentally foresee that like I could make a that uh you know two thousand pounds a month mm. for example and then like can I actually see it would I feel comfortable with it and then if you can start to like imagine it and it feels like a little bit of a reach but not like unbelievable reach then I think once you start thinking about it, then you don't realise, but your mind sort of goes to work in the background. And then the next day you kind of like will have an idea or you'll be mm. like, oh, I could, I could um, you know, sell this product or, oh, I've got an idea for this thing. And so I think it's a bit weird because you kind of have to go to the mindset or like visualise the place first. And then you could, then your mind sort of just does the work for you and starts coming up with ideas. Fills that Which gap. sounds like the most wishy-washy load of shit ever, but <laughs> it really does work like that. It really is how it comes together. Yeah. And and I would say, I mean, from what you've shared, you, you're very set up financially in terms of savings and investments. And what, mm. what would you say to someone who's sitting there going, I just feel like I've not got my financial shit together. I need to get into this money manifesting thing. What yeah. what's the kind of first port of call that you reckon someone should take if they're feeling like really overwhelmed and just not empowered about money right now? Because I think that's the word that I think of when I think of you and money. Like you're very empowered. You're very, in, yeah. You're very strong when it comes to money. What's one thing you would say to someone who's feeling the opposite right now and they want to really do what you've done? I mean, the first thing I would say is like that's probably not true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we all have like you know. Like, yes, I've probably made some really good financial decisions. And then I've also made some like very terrible financial decisions, like, you know, literally like lost thousands of pounds in things. So like, I've definitely made stupid decisions or like not done the, not, you know, you look back and you're like, oh, if I'd just done this and I'd be set up here. And so like, I, I'm making like financial mistakes all the time. And I think sometimes that, that honestly is the best way you learn, like, you know, you can't learn to like, you know, buy and sell shares of companies or like get into crypto or whatever and and not be burnt along the way. Like you have to do those things to in order to like learn how to do it properly. Yeah. Thank so you for saying that. Problem. I think that's very freeing for people not feeling like they need to nail it from day one and that. Oh no, you're never yeah. like, honestly, I mean, yeah, you're that's a great call. It. Like you, the whole thing is you, you should I feel like you have to kind of lose money and you have to make these stupid mistakes because if you don't, it's literally how you learn about money. Like I can't stress it enough. It's like you only learn about money through using it, doing it, doing the wrong things. Like I remember, you know, I got a publishing deal when I was doing music and I got given a lump sum of 20 grand at the time, which, you know, is not much money, but obviously like at the time I was like, oh my God, it's 20,000 pounds. And, you know, what I, if I look back, I'm like, I should have just instantly either put that 20 grand in like a savings or like invested in some stocks or whatever, or gone and put it in property, like straight off the bat. And I didn't, instead, I just gave myself like a thousand pound salary for like, however, you know, 20 months. But I'm like, that's, I look back and I'm like, well, why did I do that? I could have just got a job, a job somewhere else, mm. which would have been very easy to do and make a thousand pound a month and have used that lump for something else. But I mean, these are literally only the things you learn by looking back. Mm. And so, yeah, I do think that's really important to just stress. Like, and I definitely still don't have my shit together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think money's a funny one, isn't it? I think, you know, I, I have like two views on it. One is like, it's the most unimportant thing in the world. And then the other side of it is like, but it's also the most important thing in the world, like, mm. because it's how the world works, but it, it also can't, you know, you have to constantly fight against it being something that just completely controls like your emotions and your happiness and all mm. these things. But it is so linked to, you know, like art, internal like survival instinct mm -hmm. so you know it's just a working practice like you have to just do this stuff and work on it like all the time like just because I've written a book about 
money mindset and manifesting like I still fall off like I still you know haven't done I don't feel like I'm in a good manifesting space right now like I don't feel like I've been on on it with my like manifesting stuff or like visualization or you know or my money mindset right now is probably a bit shit (laughs) (laughs) you know but like it's just as long as you're self-aware and you're trying to do the things I think that's the difference between like just kind of wallowing and spiraling and being like oh my god it's awful and being like okay it feels a bit shit right now what can I do to feel better or maybe if I go and uh, watch something really positive about money or Mm. maybe I turn the news off you know from blasting in my ear like 24 7 about how broke everyone is Mm. or maybe I listen to like some positive like kind of manifesting or affirmations type stuff like it's it's you know it's the same as like going to the gym like you can't just go to the gym once and get a six pack and be like great like it's so true isn't it it's just about um having a strategies like when you when you can see I love that where the user and spiraling when we do feel ourselves spiraling around something whether it's money or relationships or business whatever family whatever it might be it's just knowing that it's almost like the safety of knowing, okay, I, I know I'm here again. And these are the strategies that I'm going to use because I've know that I know that they've worked in the past. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Can we talk about the online business? So when you started Noble Business School, which for anyone who's not aware, and I'm hoping I'm getting this right, was a it's it's and it's still it's still going. So you sell short, no, short and long programs. Again. Sorry, say it's again. Not, it's not still going. Oh, is it not? Because I was on the website checking it out last week. It's still, I think the website's still there because obviously we've got um, like students who still want to access courses and stuff, but we're not like promoting it as a business. Got it. I might just cut this bit out so that I know actually yeah, what yeah, I'm sorry. talking about. <laughs> so can we talk about your online business for a minute? So I think having an online business is very fashionable right now. It's almost seen as like the the mecca of entrepreneurship. If you can have an online business and work from anywhere. And I know particularly since COVID, there's a lot of countries are bringing in the digital nomad visa and all of these amazing things can you share a bit about the pros and cons of having an online business that's fronted by you like you're very much the I guess the figurehead of that business because I think there's as we kind of talked about already there's pros and cons to everything what what's what do you think see the biggest pros of having a business like that are the pros are like there's almost like no margin Mm -hmm. as in there's no the profit margins are massive so like there's no there's hardly any like costs there's no like you know it's just literally like you and your ideas and how quickly you can come up with ideas and get them to market you know um obviously yeah you can work wherever you like i think i mean i've never done that i've always just worked from like home in the uk but i do know people who obviously have um moved abroad and gone to different places they have said it's not as easy as people make it out to be which I do Mm. think is true because I think the algorithms start showing you different to different people and all those kinds of things um but yeah I'd say it's, it's relatively easy and if you compare it to other industries it's easy money that's not to say it is easy money like there's obviously still a lot of work that goes into it and you still have to like do the work and show up so it's not easy generally like oh I do nothing and I get paid but relatively in comparison to other industries it's definitely easier and the margins are better yeah what are the cons then the cons I would say are um what I have seen is that the people who make money online and obviously I'm putting myself into this as well are often sharing to other people like this is how you make money online or this is how you build a business online I rarely see people who actually have a specific digital business that isn't like teaching information or selling information Mm -hmm. so you kind of then just go into this big like pile of you're all sort of doing the same thing and it's all a bit of like a circular like economy yeah. <laughs> which is not a bad thing like that's it's not bad but like it's just like I, I think I always sort of struggle with that a little bit like as in just personally I struggled with it a little bit I think the cons are obviously you know there's all this talk of like I work from anywhere and you know uh like stop leveraging your time for money and all that but I'm like you still have to show up like Mm. you still are the product 
So if you want to take time off, like you know that it's going to affect your sales or if you don't want to go on Instagram for a week and promote something, you're always in the back of your mind going to be going, oh, I could be on Instagram like selling and I would have made more money today. So it becomes Mm -hmm. very hard to take a day off because you know that you're the product. Mm -hmm. And obviously then the fact that you are the product means that, you know, in my case, like my whole life and business was built around me being a product. And so when that product suddenly becomes like unfashionable mm. or like the tide turns on you, um, you're fucked. So, and again, this comes back to the money thing and making decisions. It's like, there's probably things that I could have thought about that would have put more safety like measures in place with that smart thing of being like, if for whatever reason, my brand, personal brand goes out of fashion, I have these other ways to make money. And I didn't have that. Yeah. Um, so yeah so I think you know but you know it gives you a really nice life and lifestyle while you're doing it but I would say if anyone is doing it or is do, you know doing it and the thing is that you can get so caught up in doing it and obviously business is good it takes up all your attention always have something else happening on the side maybe that someone no one even knows is yours they don't you know it could be property investments it could be like investments in the markets it could be um a a completely other business that like you're a silent part god God knows Mm. what it is but just have other stuff going on yeah it's a really really good tip and can we talk about your experience of being cancelled so I was following you when all this kind of shook out over the last well couple of years and Mm. it looked my heart just went out to you so many times it just looked so hard like so Mm. hard (laughs) Can you talk about as as much as obviously you want to share here what what happened? Yeah, I mean, look, I want to be fair in the sense of like your take on it is obviously what my take is, I suppose, right? Is that mm. it was a really horrible experience. It was really hard and there was so much shit that's come out of it and and there's also stuff that some of it I rightly deserved and other bits of it I felt like I really didn't rightly reserve and it has really um ruined is the wrong word but like changed the trajectory of kind of like my career Mm. out you know in the public eye but also outside of the public eye and mental health wise and all those things like very significantly but you know there's also the flip side of it and this is the whole nature of being online right the flip side of it is that there's other people out there that really don't feel that way and that feel like I really, you know, did something bad or kind of like let them down or disappoint, you know, and I, I hear that and I get that and I get that there's two, that, well, there's not just two, there's probably lots of different perspectives on it, but, you know, there's my perspective and there's their perspective mm. and, and you know, we're not all going to see eye to eye and that's just like how these things are. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't want to come on here and be like, oh God, it's so horrible for me, 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 me. Because I know there's people out there that feel like, hang on a second, what about us? Mm. And I think it would be like, you know, really bad to not acknowledge that. And I do acknowledge that. Do I sort of agree with everything that gets said that's awful about me? No, obviously I don't. I don't think I'm that bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> that bad. <laughs> you know, not, I know. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you can... I've had two years to kind of like ruminate on everything and all of it. And it's like, I know where I went wrong and I know also where I didn't go wrong. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's a funny one, but I mean, essentially, I guess to sum it up, I brought someone into the business that was never meant to be like a public uh, person who was involved in the business. And, you know, that person was, not who I thought they were and also just behind the scenes like not anything that happened like uh in our work we did but just behind the scenes was very controlling very coercive and like very manipulative and um yeah that unfortunately the kind of association with that person like just completely damaged the reputation of the brand and me I guess me not seeing these things or getting caught up in some of it at the same time meant that people felt like, you know, 
because he was like not who he turned out to be that I was also that person but you know I know I'm not and I also know my intentions and I know that I had a very successful and amazing business for five years until that person came into the picture you know which isn't it's not coincidental that you know the business goes downhill and like we lose everyone's you know I lose credibility and I lose everyone's trust and everything as soon as a certain person's like involved in the company um but yeah so I guess that caused a lot of reputational damage and people didn't like basically I stopped working with that person and people didn't like how it all kind of how it all was dealt with Mm -hmm. and obviously like I look back and I think there's lots of things that I probably could have done a lot better in terms of like how I dealt with it but you know there was a lot there was personal stuff going on with this person that had like you know come to a closure then there was you know all this stuff that was going on with me personally with my family and then having to also like deal with the kind of very public fallout of it as well and I just kind of went to the best way that I could handle it at the time which was just to be completely practical and logical about it and just look at like what is the legal stance on what's happening And I have to take that route, basically. But, uh, you know, when you're a public figure, people don't want to hear, like, the legal side of it or, like, well, you are are entitled to this or you're not entitled to that. I think people wanted to hear, like, a heartfelt kind of, like, Mm -hmm. apology and, like, this kind of real remorse and apology for, like, where they felt I'd let them down. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I just, like, I don't know. I just wasn't in a position to do that. Mm. We'll also yeah. think reverting back to the legals is that's the safe place. It's almost like the solid ground when everything else is going to shit around mm. you. It would be, yeah, and, and you're, I would imagine, just trying to keep your head above water. You've got two kids, your husband. You're just trying to keep the ship steady. And then, yeah. to a certain extent, other people's perspectives need to come, they, they would come secondary because you're just, yeah, try, trying to stay alive, you know, try, trying to keep going. Yeah, and it's it's hard because you always have this very like warped sense of what's going on, and I think you know you got us in our case it was like there's a group of people that were really not happy mm-hmm. and really angry, and then there was a group of people that were like so supportive and so like lovely and like you know we're here with you through everything, and then there were sort of people in the middle, and then there were friends that had gone the other way, and then there were people that were, oh and it was just like so confused, like yeah, I just didn't know where I stood, I didn't know like who I was, I didn't know yes. what had I, I literally just like felt like I lost my mind, and it was like yeah, as you said, you just you know I took advice from professionals around me, yeah. which again maybe might not have been the right call, I don't really know. Um, and yeah I went back to the only thing that was gonna like sometimes throughout all of that you just have to go to like well what is the legal like line on these things that have happened and and follow that because it was the only thing that made any sense yeah it makes yeah it makes total sense <laughs> so how did you get through that time because I think I mean I posted something completely oblivious to a deeper cultural context around what I posted I think it was like last year Mm. and I got smashed on that post and like smashed from like people who were being followers for years and really lovely and it really shocked me and it 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 really made me okay I'm just staying I'm here I'm talking about business I share some things about my life and my family I am I'm not here to get involved in I don't share anything political or anything any so social observations anymore because it really I mean and I feel like that was just a tiny taste of what you would have experienced how yeah. do you actually keep going like day to day how do you keep functioning when you're in the middle That's of that shitstorm? <laughs> um like a very healthy sense of like dark humor and kind of like nihilism yeah <laughs> um, I don't know like there's definitely it's you know I'd be completely lying if I said it hadn't had a massive effect on Mm. me it's had a massive effect it's changed who I am as a person in a lot of ways for the better in a lot of ways you know I wouldn't say for the worst but I've had to realize that there's parts of me that I just had to leave behind that I can't be that person anymore 
I can't really do the like selling anymore. I can't, you know, I don't feel confident being the face of something anymore, nor do I kind of want to, because I think just from like sort of PTSD perspective, there's always going to be, you know, we talk about money blocks and stuff like that. Like there's kind of like mental blocks slash subconscious blocks that are literally just not going to let me ever go there again, because it's like keeping me safe. Um, it, you know, it's, it's a, it, it was a really, really, really dark time and it, it still is. And it really messed with a lot of things that I thought I knew and like just my perspective on the world and like how I feel about myself and like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really weird thing. It's, it's, it's almost like it's so hard to summarize because it's just, you know, literally I could be a different person in the room compared to like who I was sort of two three years ago um and it's that horrible thing of kind of knowing that like okay well I've changed I know I'm a better person I know that I've learned so much through those things and like the mistakes I made but then there's also bits where I'm like no I was on I was right here and I did the right thing here and I know I didn't do anything wrong here blah 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 um but yeah, it just really sort of messes with your sense of self, really. Mm. And it's almost like an identity an identity death. Yeah, it's definitely like an ego death. Like yeah. I'd always uh, heard people talk of this thing of like an ego death, and I was like, oh yeah, interesting. And then it's like you know that's what you that's what I had to go through to be where I am now. Mm. And it's that weird thing of like you know in the public eye, people still see me as like that same person and so they'll be like oh Sarah Akrasombi she did blah 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 didn't she do this thing or wasn't there a scandal and didn't loads of women try and take her to court and didn't try it was all bollocks by the way um <laughs> like no they didn't um but yeah it's kind of like there'll be they don't know the growth and they don't see the growth and obviously they don't also they also don't have the whole side of the story and I think this is what like being a public somewhat not a public figure, but when you have any kind of public profile, it's that realisation of like, oh, people don't actually know me. So no, they don't know what my intentions were. And no, they don't know where I'm being honest and where I'm not because they literally don't know me. Yeah. And especially because of that, like, and taking so much of a step back from having any kind of like, I have a bit of a public profile, but like, as you said, I don't share anything of any relevance. It's like, hello, here I am today. Mm -hmm. But like, there's no relevance to it. It's not like I'm not as open as I used to be at Mm -hmm. all. And yeah, it's just that weird thing of like people, everyone knows you, but no one knows you. Yes, yes. Everyone thinks they know you, but they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I realise that I'm just like an avatar and I just kind of like, there's certain things that like I represent or represented to people and obviously like there were certain things I was probably saying or doing that were really like pressing people's buttons that I wouldn't would never like do or say now and you know you you're just a figment it's like a not a real thing so like you I kind of like found ways to detach from it Mm. but you know yeah it's 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 really hard like and you know as I said I'm still really just trying to muddle my way through it and work out what like my kind of life looks like now without all the things that I thought I knew and the ways that I knew I could make money and like have a career and who Mm. I was as a person like I'll just like completely like don't exist anymore so what does that look like now that's huge thanks for sharing do you think it's changed your values and what you value in your life um hmm. yes not the kind of core obvious ones that have always been there but I think it's made me realise like how much I needed like approval and kind of like validation from like external sources. And even though I was so like confident and cocky, which would almost like appears like you don't need any of that validation. Like I'm like, oh no, I really like, I really needed that so badly. And I do genuinely think like now it's probably down to like, you know, a fraction of how that was. Like, obviously there's that, you know, I like to wear a nice outfit. I like to like come across well or like feel like I've done a good job on something. But the need for that external validation is like way, way less, Um, which has 
pros and cons you know you think oh well that's great you don't need that but I'm like yeah but the cons of that then are that sometimes you just can't be asked like yeah. the thing like, <laughs> you know I don't need feel the need to like keep up a social profile which then means my work profile sort of suffers or you know do I need to start a business and get like this validation and approval from people no because I'm not as bothered mm. so it has like downsides too yeah it sounds to me like you're really centered on it like you can see the positives but you can also see the negatives and as you said and thank you for being so honest that you're you're still modeling through everything that that happened yeah. oh yeah absolutely so you started another business in the midst of all this yeah which is a streetwear brand can you tell us a bit about that yeah just because you know why not <laughs> I mean it's I honestly it, I look at your clothes and I'm like I'm just not cool enough to wear that <laughs> it's the stuff that you wear that make you look awesome in it and like the models you share and stuff look awesome, but it's the kind of thing that I feel if I put on it and came down the stairs, my husband would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, this is the annoying thing with streetwear, right? It's like the whole streetwear industry is built on kind of like coolness, which is like good. If you, you sort of know the parameters you've got to then like buy into, like to be a part of that world. But then also I just feel like it's totally shit and I hate that. <laughs> so again, I always have this kind of like, moral like dilemma with it because it's like well if I want to sell more clothes you just go like uber cool and uber streetwear but also it doesn't really like sit with who I am as a person mm. so um I mean so yeah why so that business start- model so why, why move to a product business after having the online business because I felt like I'd never done something where I wasn't the face of it and I'd never had a product business I'd always had service business so I was like well And I think, you know, a lot of it was probably buying it, like not buying into, but like believing what all the shit talkers say about me, which is like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't know business. So it's like, well, okay, let me go and actually do something that is like literally a product and I'm going to have to work out how to sell it and work out how to make something people want. So, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to try it. And I've just always loved streetwear. I still really do love it. And I think, like, it w- it's never been set up to be, like, a thing of, like, this is going to be my next business venture. Like, this is going to make me loads of money or this is going to be, like, enough for, like, my whole family to live off. Like, I know it's not. And I know it's a really hard industry to get into and it's a really hard, like, business model, especially, at, like, in the times we're in at the moment. Mm. But it's really fun and I really like it. <laughs> So I just kind of wanted to do it like for a bit of a creative outlet, but then also like, yeah, just to see like, well, how hard is it to do product and like, what are the different like parameters in it? And so, yeah, like even just doing it for a short space of time, I feel like I've learned a lot about just other businesses and uh, yeah, like especially products and clothing and like how difficult it can be and how mm-hmm. tight the margins are and all that kind of thing. Um yeah, but yeah, just to kind of learn something different. And like, I learned how to screen print and how to, you know, like about ethical clothing and what's sustainable and why organic stuff's better and all this. So yeah, just lots of learning, but I'm keeping my eyes open and exploring like all different other opportunities and different things that are around. So mm. yeah. And just going back to that idea that you shared about diversifying your income, like not having your, mm. you as the avatar be the, 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 the everything when it comes to particularly you know providing for a family mm. we both have families yeah. what, what what how have you diversified now if you're okay to share that in terms of your income like what well yeah the moment, brand isn't your only source of income well no so I kind of have just been doing for a little while I was still doing like bits of coaching here and there but I think I just got to, like it's it's just too difficult for me to do it and feel like I can do it confidently like I don't that's definitely that side has definitely been shut off like as a result of like what happened Mm. um I'm sorry to hear that you have so much to share Sarah yeah but you know it's just it is what it is isn't it like it's just you can't like I don't grieve over it I'm just kind of like yeah well you know what you just know when you're like oh that thing's just gone like I just can't do it in the same way yeah it doesn't feel aligned anymore no and it's too much like chat like mental chat so it's like I can almost hear like what everyone says or like what they would be saying so I just kind of I'm like I don't need that extra like mental load like I'd just rather like do something else um 
And then I've just been doing like bits of freelance, kind of like helping out friends who've got really great businesses and like helping them on their kind of marketing and like their strategy. And I've really like reconnected with how fun it is to be like inside of a company adding value and like literally just no one knows I'm doing it. (laughs) Like it's, it's really nice and I've really enjoyed it. So I think almost in the last couple of months, I'm kind of like, okay, what would it be like to go back inside like another company and add value like from the back because Mm. I've done it before and I really enjoyed it so yeah I don't know I'm just kind of like open at the moment I'm super excited about everything that's happening in terms of like crypto and web3 and blockchain and like I've always really been interested in that and so I'm kind of like trying to explore like what it would be like to get more into that industry and that might mean that I need to go into a company so that I can learn more about it, or it might mean that I can start something on my own. I would love to see like what there, whether there's crossover in terms of streetwear and web free, because there already is quite a lot. But yeah, so I'm just kind of like, I'm at a weird place that like, I feel like I've kind of been here for a while. Where I'm like, I don't really know what's next. Like, mm-hmm. and I used to really be able to be like, this is where I'll be in three years. This is where I'll be here. These are the things that I want. And I think now I'm just kind of like, I don't really know what I want and I don't really know what I'm looking for. So I'm kind of just a bit like open. Mm, yeah, makes total sense. Can yeah. we chat a bit about being a mom in the midst of all of this? So obviously growing yeah. up business school, navigating the absolute like shitstorm that you navigated a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then almost like, yeah, this this sense of identity of, Because I know for me, we've got two kids and I know for me, like my identity as an entrepreneur and a business owner is it's, it's a big part of my makeup. And Mm. I'm, I'm really fascinated here. Like how have you navigated that over the, and and has it changed you as a parent? And I'm not saying in a good way or a bad way, just really curious because you're dealing with this epic thing yourself. And then you've also got these two beautiful humans. You've got the most beautiful kids. You know, how does that, how, how did you navigate that as a parent and has it changed you as a parent? Yes, made me a better parent, like five million percent. That's what I mean. Good things that come out of it. Just because I'm less obsessed with like who I'm going to be and what money I'm going to make and am I going to be a success here? It's like I'm less concerned about Mm -hmm. it, which, as I said, then has like knock on effects. But you know, the great side of it is that I'm just so much more present with the kids. Like I spend so much more time with them. Like. I, you know, when all of the things, as you said, your makeup is the, you know, your achievements or who you are in your career or whatever is a big part of you. And it really was a big part of me. And it's only when that literally gets taken away and you don't have an option to be doing that, that then it makes you analyze everything else you've got. And then you're like, oh, wow, there's a whole like, other world going on. <laughs> so it's like the In secret door life. opens. <laughs> like, literally, like, oh, my God, my life isn't just about like how many Instagram likes, which sounds ridiculous. And so no, I get tight. that. Like, I fully get it's it. It's 100% true. Like, you know, even in the times where there was like literally felt like the whole world was like Sarah App Zombie is like the shittest person of life. Like my friends and family were like, you know, would still like be having a laugh and like my kids would still like cuddle me at night. And I was like, I'm okay. Like I've got my (laughs) friends and family. And I just like appreciate them so much more. Like I appreciate my husband so much more and like everything he did and sacrificed to like, let me go and be this like business person. And it makes me realize like how kind of like, you know, I'd be a bit dismissive of like if they wanted my time or attention, it was like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing this for all of us. Mm. But then I'm like, are you doing it for all of you, Sarah? Or are you just doing Mm. it for yourself? And yeah, I'm just like much more attentive. I spend so much more time with them. I'm so much more grateful. And like from a deep, 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 sense of gratefulness rather than it be like a contrived like I'm grateful for my house I'm grateful for my family like Mm -hmm. making a list like a real deep gratitude to all these like amazing people that I have in my life um so yeah definitely made me better and it's made me realize like you know given me so many more like life lessons that I can pass on to them that are so important god yeah and you know I didn't have those before Mm. or I would have had them, but they're like almost like, you know, and you've heard like 
people say like oh you know remember what's important and remember like not to get too caught up in things but it was like lip service whereas like now I'm like oh I've lived through that Mm -hmm. I know you know the online world isn't that important and like if you do have these things in your life or not to be too heavy on the external validation or not to give too much of a shit about money because it will come and it will go and it will come and it will go and it will come and it will go um and yeah those are things and lessons that I just wouldn't have had to be able to share with them before yeah yeah I would imagine your level of resilience now is through the roof after making it through what you've made through I'm like it's probably worse like I definitely feel like much more fragile. Like I noticed that like the smallest of things can like really tip me into like quite a dark place, like very Mm. quickly. But, you know, that's not to say that it wasn't getting in before, but it was like this outward, like ego and resilience. Whereas I think now I'm a lot more kind of vulnerable and I'm just like, yeah, actually I'm a bit fragile. Like you kind of need to like leave me alone or like I am struggling with this. And I think in a way that's actually more like that's a stronger place to be in than sort of like this front of like, oh no, everything's fine, but not really being in touch. It's a much Um, more authentic place to be. Yeah. I mean, I, the resilience maybe is not the right word, but it's definitely made me realize like how caught up we can get in kind of stuff that feels so big, but it's really like not that massive. And that's kind of like where the name of the streetwear brand comes around because it's like this thing of like not, it's not that deep. Like some of this stuff is really, you know, you look at what's going on in the world or what other people are experiencing or how seriously shit other people have it. And, you know, we're, I'm like, oh my God, people have been horrible about me online. It's like, are you fucking joking? (laughs) There's literally people getting bombed, like. And you're worried that like people online are talking about you. So it might not be resilience, but maybe it's just like a better perspective. I can know when I'm like all in my like, oh my God, this is life is not fair. And it's like, okay, no, there's real like shit going on in the world. Mm, Yours yeah. is not that bad. Yeah. Can I ask you, when you were navigating everything, I feel like you got really into fitness and exercise. And I actually quoted something that you shared in one of my books when you talked about like, we can't just wait for motivation just to drop in for us to go do our daily workout. We need to just show up and just get it done. And I've been watching these Insta stories of you in like freezing cold London in winter in your garage. I was like, oh, like you just, you lived it. And I actually have I feel like I really onboarded that lesson and, and think about that so much. Just, you just got to show up and get it done, whether it's exercise or it's business or it's cleaning the house or whatever it is. How yeah. much of a part did exercise play in, I was going to say like your recovery, but navigating that period. And the reason I ask you this is I had a session with my kinesiologist last weekend. Yeah, just gone. And I was talking to her about, I've been, I've gotten into strength training over the last, I'm on this blow up at the moment. So I've been getting into straight strength training for the last two months and it's, changed my world like just something about getting physically stronger and I was talking to my kinesiologist about this and she said yeah I say this to my clients all the time if you can't be spiritually strong or mentally strong or emotionally strong get physically strong because it's going to have a knock-on effect on every on on every level I I I thought about that and I knew I was talking to you this week did you experience that was part that part of what helped you it's funny because I mean, okay, so firstly, on the exercise thing, like, I think the way I see it is, like, if you can uh, show up for yourself and do a workout, oh, hello, she work in here, oh, you've gone on mute. I just put you on mute, and oh. I think her little brother's woken her up, has he? Yeah. No? Do you want to cuddle? Just not going. We'll keep talking, we're now finished. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think on the exercise thing, it's like if you sort of make that promise to yourself, like, you know, you say, I'm going to get up in the morning tomorrow and I'm going to do a workout. And then you hold, you keep the promise to yourself and you do it. It's like you're that kind of building of trust with your own, like, kind of self and your own subconscious is something that's really important. And I think that's why you see these knock on effects, like, throughout the rest of work and you know your fat you know relationships whatever because I think you know exercise is one of the hardest things for people to get their head around and hardest things to like commit to and I think that that's why if you can do it and you can 
set that thing and be like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then you do it and complete it. It's that building up of that thing of like, I'm someone who does what they say they're going to do. Um, And so I think that's what's really important with it. And I think, you know, that's why it's good to not go in like super ham and just be like, I'm going to work out every day. Because if you're not going to keep that promise to yourself, then you've let yourself down. And I think some people do that almost intentionally, like without realising it. But there's definitely that thing around like keeping um, your word to yourself. Yeah, I love that, keeping promises to yourself. And I think the other side as well is the, it's it's almost like building an evidence journal for yourself that yes, if, if I can get up and do my daily exercise, like I can, what else can I do because I show up? Have you heard of 75 hard? Is, is that something people in the no, UK do? It's a US entrepreneur called Andy Frazella and he created this thing called 75 hard. And there's an mm. app and you have to tick off a few things every day. You've got to exercise twice a day for 45 minutes, read 10 pages of nonfiction, drink four liters of water, all this kind of thing. But I know when I did it for the first time last year, like it just, but it, it's exactly what you're talking about. It reminded me that actually I can, I it, it reminded me that I have my own ability to be disciplined and mm. that I can show up for myself each day. And it's such a good reset on on that, you know, on that discipline side of things. So, yeah. You know, I was that, wondering how that exercise it helped you. Yeah. Just, I mean, I wouldn't say it helped me with like the kind of recovery healing sort of like aspect. Because I think when I was at my worst mentally and kind of like when he was in the picture and being really like, you know, just mentally like wearing me down and blah, blah, blah. That was when, you know, you see it, don't you? People with eating disorders or like, it's like I would almost like work out all the time because it was just like something I had control over, I suppose, when I probably mm. felt like it. And this is only stuff I can see in hindsight. At the time, I felt great. And at the time, I was like, I look great. I feel great. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, looking back, I'm like, it was a lot. Like, it was a lot. It was very intense. It was a lot. And I'm a lot more, like, easygoing with myself about it now. Like, I love exercise, but in different ways. Like I like switching up my routine and trying out different things. Whereas I used to like really guilt trip myself for that. And then it's not all just about like, oh, what's the aesthetic kind of like result of it. It's also just like, yeah, what makes me feel good? Or do I feel like I need to stretch out today? Well, maybe I'll do like yoga or Pilates or something, or do I want to run rather than it be like, you've got to train legs today. You've got to train arms today. You've got like, I think I'm a lot more like, soft with it yeah and probably sure. not a discipline I definitely need to get better you lose certain things which are like good in a lot of ways but they're not great in others so have I got less discipline in my workouts like yeah but do I feel okay about it like yeah I'm fine with that mm. yeah it's, it's again being centered on it and I, I could uh, one very important question does it's not that deep ship to australia at the moment yeah we can i mean it'll probably cost you about five million pounds yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yes we, we can. can we can it's just the whole like obviously the customs and all of that but absolutely like i love we do get some customers obviously abroad but yeah it's just such a pain with like the whole brexit and shipping rates and all of that but um yeah i mean with that being said you know, feel free to come and have a look. And if you fancy paying the shipping charges, then uh, you can. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, honestly, I could talk to you all day. And I seriously, just from my heart to yours, thank you so much for sharing so much with us today. It's it's a real right. privilege to, to hear that story. And I think it's also just, I feel what you've done so beautifully is you've, you've shared kind of the light and the, the positivity, but there's also that shadow side to everything you've been through as well. And yeah. it, I really do feel that there's a book in this somewhere there's it's part of your next calling is to support because so much of what you're talking about I identify with that you know the getting caught up in what's happening in Instagram versus what's happening right here in our homes and the, the, the whole idea of yeah building these online businesses that they're not always as easy as people might see, see them mm-hmm. to be so yeah I think it's been incredibly incredibly helpful what you shared and I know so many listeners are going to resonate with what we shared so Thank you. And just keep keep showing up and doing what you're doing. There's so many of us watching you and cheering you on. Thank you so much. That's very kind of you. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's the story, isn't it? You've got to share, like, the, there's good, there's bad, there's ugly, there's, like, bits of everything. you just got to, like, 
I've always been someone who's like very open and honest about everything. So I'm like, that's what it is. I don't have it all figured out. And I definitely would have been someone like, you know, a few years ago who would have like thought they had it all figured out. And definitely now I don't. (laughs) Um, But that's just the way. And I'm sure it will all make sense in the end. Hey. Yeah, I 100% I think definitely believe that. So thank you so much for joining. And yeah, hopefully we'll um, yeah get to have you back on at some point as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much again to you, Sarah Aquasombi, for sharing so openly and so honestly with, with our community. I am very passionate about the fact that the entrepreneurial stories that I bring you on the podcast are as raw and real and relatable as I can possibly make them. So yeah, bravo. Sarah, thank you. You can find Sarah at Sarah Aquasombi, that's A-K-W-I-S-O-M-B-E dot com, or on Instagram at Sarah Aquasombi. Her streetwear store, as we talked about, is at notthatdeepstore.com, or it's not that deep store, and I'll pop all those links in the show notes as well. Please do remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever have to miss an episode. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions, and requests for future topics on what I share here on the show. So please do reach out via my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au, or connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor. I would also love if you could rate and review the podcast as it helps even more brilliant listeners like you find the show. Thank you so much again for listening this week. Thank you.